Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick begins session one of the two part Finishing the Game series. In this series, you will realize that life is a race. And how we finish is predicated on how we run. In the first message, you will learn five things that prepare us to run well. In the second message, also taken from Hebrews 12, we discover that finishing strong is vital to fulfilling the destiny to which God has called us. We need not only to carry the baton for those who ran before us, but also need to hand it off with timing and precision to those who will carry on to the finish line. Together, these messages will help us align with the eternal purpose of God. This series was taught at the Trinity Church of God in Winchester, Kentucky, where Billy Keller is the pastor, in a men's conference. On this broadcast, Brother Rick begins the first message entitled, Running the Race. He begins the series by telling a story about his grandfather and the important example he set for his life. Then he reads us his text, taken from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Then he used an illustration by asking one of the men to come forward and show what it's like to be a competitor in a race when loaded down with too much baggage. And now, here's Brother Rick. Well, welcome to game day. Amen. Race day. We're excited to be alive. How about you? Isn't it a wonderful time to be alive? Some people wish they were alive at some other time. I don't understand that. That doesn't mean they were dead now. But uh, I'm glad to be alive tonight. How about you guys? And what a great, great privilege it is to be here at Trinity and to be with my friend and brother. And I thank God for Pastor Billy Keller. What a blessing he's been to my life and his family. And I just appreciate all of them and appreciate this church. And thankful to God that you're here tonight. What a wonderful representation of men here on a Friday night. How many knows this is grocery night? You're supposed to be out buying groceries. Amen. But maybe our wives are doing that in our place. Or at least we can hope that. But uh, What a joy it is to have you here tonight, and I'm just so glad that you chose to come and be with us in this conference. I want you to open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, You know, God gives us messages in different ways. How many of us have preached at least one or two times somewhere? How many of those messages come different ways? You know, sometimes you'll hear a thought. I remember one time I was riding along in a car, and I had my wife reading to me as often as she does, and... And uh, she was reading a book by Zola Levitt, and my little girl, I don't know how old she was, she might have been six or eight or something, but anyway, she was riding in the back of the car, and all of a sudden, Debbie read something, and boy, it just hit me in the chest, you ever had that to happen? Revelation from God, and I said, read that again, and she read it again, and I said, read that again, and she read it three or four times, and I said, God just spoke to me, and my daughter popped up from the back and said, no, Daddy, Zola Levitt did. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to tell whether it's God or Zola Levitt, but this message, I know God spoke to me, and He spoke to me in an unusual way. About two weeks ago, I dreamed that I was speaking in a conference, and I dreamed this message. So I'm going to give it to you tonight. Very unusual way for the Lord to speak to me. Only thing I can figure is He has to wait till I'm completely unconscious to get me out of the way in order to speak to me, but... (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes he has to do that. Can I hear an amen? But tonight I want to talk to you about running the race. 
And uh, I encourage you to get some paper and pen. I hope that these two sessions that I want to share with you will be helpful for you. How many knows what this represents? Relay. How many run track and field? Anybody run relay? What do they teach you about this? Hey, 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 don't drop it. Don't drop this. Because how many knows it don't make any difference how fast you run if you drop this? You've lost your progress. Now, see, all of us have to understand that we are in a relay race. Very important for you to understand this. In fact, some of us didn't get a good pass. Some of us had to pick up our own baton. Amen? Those that run before us may have failed us. You may not have had the earthly example you needed. They may not have passed it back. Or some of you may be like me, a little late blooming, and when they passed it back, you weren't there. Amen? (laughs) They finally let go of it before they ran out of the space that they had to make the pass. So whether you come late or whether it dropped or maybe some of you, and I pray this be your situation, you had a good clean pass and you're running hard. But how many knows we need to focus every now and then on what we're doing? And that we're running a race, and this race has some eternal significance to it. If we drop this baton, boys, it's more than just some race for an earthly prize. We've lost a race that is essential to win. Now, in Hebrews chapter 12, the writer says, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses. Wonder why that statement starts Hebrews 12. Reckon it has anything to do with Hebrews 11. That we just got through reading. Hebrews 11 talks about all those that have run before us. You know, sometimes when I think about that, brother, it kind of makes me nervous. When I realize that I'm not just running for me, I'm running a leg of a journey that some great ones has run before me. I cannot think about this without thinking about my grandfather. What a man of prayer. What a man of God. I'm here today because of him. I'm a Christian today because of him. He loved Jesus so much it made me curious. My granddaddy was an unusual man. He, he prayed so much that we used to beg mom and dad not to let him say grace when he come to our house. Because granddad would pull out a chair and kneel down at the table. You knew it was going to be a while. And he would pray to the grave. It looked like the Sahara Desert. It just broke open, dried out. And he would still be praying. And we'd be still in chicken because we weren't where we needed to be. And I remember when he sold his truck or sold his car and bought a truck because I'm the baby of 14 kids raised in Harlan County. And how many knows they don't make an automobile for 14 children? They make pickups. And he got him a pickup, and he built benches in the back so he could haul all of us. Some of the greatest memories of my life. And he used to put us in the back of that truck, and he'd stand there at the tailgate. I'd still see him right now. He'd say, y'all sing loud enough, I can hear you. When I get to Cumberland, I'll buy you an ice cream. Well, we knew that he didn't want to hear the top ten latest hits. We knew what he wanted. And you know, the problem was we didn't know but just a verse or two of every hymn. We didn't know the whole thing. But how many knows that don't hinder you if ice cream's your motivation? So we would sing as loud as we could sing every part of every song we could remember. And we made sure Grandpa could hear us while he was driving down the road with a window down. 
we bellowed it out. Now, how many of you know 14 kids screaming for ice cream in the back of a truck will draw a crowd? And granddad would stop us occasionally as people would come and listen to what the ruckus was about. And he'd stop a choir and he'd witness to people in their doorway. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God that he had the baton before I got it. He led my mom and dad to Jesus. They married, both of them lost, moved in the house with him thinking they could stay that way. I don't know what they were thinking. But granddad prayed day and night. And mom and dad couldn't sleep. In fact, after about three days, my dad said to my mom, we got one or two choices. Either we give our life to Jesus or we die of exhaustion. Because dad won't quit praying. And he said, even worse, we find him dead on his knees. He led them to Jesus. And he passed them a baton. And they become intercessors. And I remember as a boy listening to my mom and dad pray for hours at a time. And I was living every way in the world, just like many of you did. And I would come home from partying and I would get a hamper and pull it up beside their bedroom door and listen to them call my name out and pray. They had the baton before I ever got it. Now, while I speak, they're all in heaven rejoicing around the throne. And now I know that I'm not just running for Jesus, which I am. I am running for all those that have gone before us. Now, I named a couple that were dear to my heart. But if we start backing up through the 11th chapter of Hebrews, how many knows the burden gets heavy when you realize that you're running for Abraham and Enoch and you realize all of them have run their race and many of them finished strong and handed a baton to a generation that would close out the things that many of them only heard in prophecy. We realize the importance of this leg. In every relay race, the last guy that runs the last lap is called a what? You guys, it was an anchor. An anchor. He's the man that you want to really tear it up because you want him to finish this thing out. And most of the time, they put the fastest guy at the end. So that when you give him the baton, he doesn't loaf around. Did you know that that's what the writer of Hebrews is saying? That there's a grandstand in heaven tonight looking down on us that have run diligently when we look at the life of Abraham or Enoch or these others it mentions. And he goes on to say, if we shared them all, <laughs> it'd never stop. But he said, seeing that we're compassed with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside the weights and the sins that does so easily beset us. And let us run with... That's a tough word. Eh? That's why I let y'all say it. Can y'all say it again? Patience. Say it loud just one time. Patience. Let us run with patience the races set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be together as men. Lord, you have called us to be men that would stand in the gap and make up the hedge. Lord, we have a responsibility to you, to those that have gone before us, to those that will follow us. Help us, Lord, to run diligently, to run strong, to run hard, Lord, that we might carry out your will, your work, and your way. Give us ears to hear tonight, understanding hearts and obedient wills. For we ask it in the name of Jesus, and everyone in agreement together said, Amen. Amen. I think I'll start tonight by running a race. You don't run a race, bro? Come on over here.
Now, I've lost uh, 75 pounds the last six months, but I think he's still got me. You ready to run? I'm ready. Is that the way you're going to run? I guess. Yeah, I'll run with your coat. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Yeah, might as well get ready. If I asked you guys who you think will win, how many thinks he'll win? Lift up your hand. Wow. How many think I'll win? One lonely soul. Brother, I love you. <laughs> well, let me ask you something. James, would you get that deer stand back there? Because I, I don't really think this is fair race. I mean, I have lost, but you still got me. Put that on his back. Is that the kind you strap on your back? I believe it is. Yeah, there you go. How many of you think he'll still win? Wow. Look at this. How many? Go ahead and tell me. How many thinks he'll still win? Yeah, okay. Uh, here you go, brother. How many of you think he'll still win? Man, these guys are unbelievable. Uh, you got room, ain't you, bro? Huh? Okay. You better hold that in your fingers. You might want to hold that. Can you hold all that? Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's a fruitful life.org. Thanks for listening.